And welcome to This Is Geocaching, a podcast gathering all things geocaching and delivering them straight to you. I'm your host, Lost Boy Rambler. My intent for the upcoming episodes and this podcast is to give you a breakdown of what geocaching is. Uh, Initially, we're going to start out on this episode with the bare bones basics of what it is and what you do and maybe talk a little bit about the good side of it because I'm a little partial, kind of love it a lot. But after the bare bone basics, I plan on to going through topic by topic and giving a little more in-depth explanation on some things such as geocache container size when you see it on the map, what those mean, the difficulty, terrain ratings, what trackables are, how to deal with travel bugs, if that's something you want to mess with, the different types of geocaches there are, whether it's traditional, multi, puzzle, earth cache, virtual event, whether it's the ape cache or things like that. I want to break down each of the sections and explain a little bit more in depth to you. So whether you've never tried geocaching, you've went out a couple times and found a few of them, or you're just dripping enthusiast of geocache and you want to absorb everything you can and learn as much as you can about it hopefully i can offer you something new or point you in some directions of some other people some other podcasts some other vlogs some other websites because um as i'm sure you've already known everything on this planet is just a google search away so i appreciate you taking the time to listen to my explanation and my interpretation of some of these things so just to get into it what is geocache Dictionary.com defines geocaching as the outdoor sport or game of searching for hidden objects by using global positioning system coordinates posted on the internet. And geocaching.com, their actual website, describes it as geocaching is a real-world outdoor treasure hunting game using GPS-enabled devices. Participants navigate to a specific set of GPS coordinates and then attempt to find the geocache container hidden at that location. Pretty simple. Your only real two options at this point, after you've created an account and chosen your geocaching name on the geocaching.com website, is deciding whether you wanna use a handheld GPS device or an app on your mobile phone to allow you to navigate to the geocache location and log it electronically on there. And that being said, let's just assume we've already done that. And bam, we're ready to go. We're ready to go find our geocache. So we've went to the website. We've created our account. We went ahead and reserved our name, our little geocache name that we're going to go by. And we got everything loaded up. We picked one out, and we're going to head out to find it. Now, what you got to keep in mind, when you get to the location, is the pinpoint of the icon is not going to be exact. It's not going to be specific. It's not going to tell you where it's hidden it's not going to tell you how it's hidden what camouflage is used it'll give you a size of the container on the geocache listing but it won't give you a description of it you don't know whether you're looking for a tupperware whether you're looking for a magnetic box key holder you don't know whether you're looking for a pill bottle or a 35 millimeter container I mean, it gives you the size, so you'd have an idea whether you're looking for a nano, which is something as small that about the only the eraser of a number two pencil, little pink pearl eraser, would fit inside of a nano container if you haven't experienced that yet. Or you're going to know whether you're looking for something bigger like an ammo can. 
But other than that, it's not gonna tell you where it's hidden. So once you get to ground zero, it'll be, depending on your location, pretty close or a pretty small circumference area to begin your search. You start searching. Let's assume we found it. Bam, we're super pumped. We open it up. Inside there, you should at least find a physical log for you to sign. You'll sign it with the date you found it, and you'll write your geocaching name at a minimum. Depending what type of container it is or what size log book it is, you can always put a little more, a little note. That was originally what it was intended for, but as things got more digital, people tend to just write their more in-depth experiences on the digital log and then it's preserved digitally forever anyway. So inside there with your physical logbook, you'll probably run into what we like to call a SWAG. It's an acronym that stands for Stuff We All Get. Now it's not all free because the rules according to the geocache.com website is if you're going to take SWAG out of a geocache container, you have to replace it with SWAG of equal or greater value. That's the only rules for SWAG. And it is a big hit, I'll tell you from experience, with kids. My kids love to go geocaching and they love to have their little swag bag and trade out swag and stuff that they've picked up from one geocache container, they'll leave in something else because they wanna get something out of there. And the range of what swag is is so vast, I'm not even gonna try to, to pinpoint or describe what things swag are. Typically, it's low, value items that you might find at a dollar store but sometimes there's some really good stuff in there that i've found people have made some some personal bracelets and things like that and they've left it in there and it's just really cool stuff you never know what you're going to get inside of a geocache container but besides swag there might be some other things that i'll describe more in depth in later episodes like trackables travel bugs these should not by any means be mistaken for swag and kept and thrown in your pocket and kept forever because it's actually somebody else's property that has a mission and has a goal to go out there it'll be pretty clear and as you get the hang of it you'll you'll know whether something might be a first to find reward and yeah that is for you to keep or whether it is for i mean fill in the blank you'll find out with more experience what the items inside of geocache are and as you continue to listen to the episodes you'll get a better understanding of it but that being said that this is a bare bones basic show there is one thing i want to point out there are certain rules about what not to leave in a geocache so let me see straight from the geocaching.com website it says what should not be placed in a cache? People of all ages hide and seek geocaches, so think carefully before placing an item into a cache. Explosives, ammunition, knives, drugs, and alcohol should not be placed in a cache. Respect local laws at all times. Please do not put food or heavily scented items in a geocache. Animals have better noses than humans, and in some cases, caches have been chewed through and destroyed because of food items in a cache. So that gives you an idea of what not to put in a cache. Use common sense. I mean, we have all ages of people out here finding these geocaches, and some things are just generally inappropriate. Speaking from experience, I mean, I found ammunition. I found inappropriate items. I found beer bottle caps. I found condoms. I found stuff that just... Imagine if you were a child, what things would you not want to run into? What sort of items could be dangerous? 
or inappropriate? What kind of stuff do you not want to be put in a position to explain to a child what it is, such as a condom? If you find those things while you're out there looking at caches, your best bet is to remove those items and leave a note on the cache page. All right, jumping back on topic. So you've got to ground zero. You've hopefully located the cache container. You've opened it up inside. You found a physical logbook, which you're going to sign with the date you found it and your geocaching name. And there you've explored through some of the swag that might be in there. Along with doing that, the most important thing when you're done with the physical container is to hide it, replace it back exactly where you found it, where the cache owner had originally intended for it to be. If you don't put it back in the exact spot, then it can interfere with everyone else that comes after you that tries to find the container. Don't try to hide it better. Don't try to not hide it as good. Just put it back exactly where you found it. My best bet and the rule I follow is even if I think that it's not at the intended location, I will message the cash owner first before I hide it or move it anywhere different. So your best bet at that point is still just put it back exactly where you found it and you can always email it later and say, hey, I found your cash here. Is that where you wanted it to be? And that cash owner, if it's not the correct location, they will go back and put it there. That's not for you to worry about. It's not for you to read into or dig into. Just put it back exactly where you found it. Now, if you're using your mobile phone, your smartphone to find the geocache right there from the app, you can log it as a found. You just select log type, found it. You put in their description about your experience. Some people just put TFTC, which means thanks for the cash. Some people give a brief little story about what experience they had with it. I personally love a little bit longer logs on my geocaches I've hidden because I wanna know what somebody went through. I wanna know the experience. I wanna know, oh, I love this beautiful day. I had a hard time with this. I got thorns in my butt. Like whatever the case might be, it adds a little bit more to the experience and it just makes it, makes it better. So keep that in mind whenever you write your digital logs. So now we go, we've signed the physical log, we've signed the digital log, we've replaced the container. I mean, why is geocaching good? I'll tell you from personal experience, I don't remember how I found out or first heard about geocaching, but I know when I downloaded the app and I opened up the map and I had a, a pretty good idea what it was about, something about hidden containers and you're supposed to go to this spot on the map and find it. Well, I went there and I was, I was shocked when I opened the map that to see that there were geocaches in my neighborhood, that there was geocaches hidden in places that I frequently visited or passed and it just blew my mind. It was so amazing to me that there was this whole almost underground subculture of people who were playing this game and were hiding and finding these containers right around me in my everyday life and the world. And it was just, it was so cool to me to know that that was going on. Another good thing about it is in just my local neighborhood that I've lived, when I first started and I travel around a lot, I move a little bit because of the military, but in, in a place where I've lived now for a couple of years, when I went to go find a geocache and it took me off my normal A and B grinding route from here to the grocery store and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make, a, I'm gonna make this left turn and go two streets over and then I find something cool, I find something interesting, I find a place or an area in a neighborhood that I've lived for a couple of years and I never would have experienced if it wasn't for geocaching. 
besides that it's a it's a great thing to get you out of the house to get you go having fun i mean great thing to get you out of the house and having fun i can't tell you any more about what's good about geocaching i'm gonna leave that up to you to build your own experiences and make of it what you will there's so many different niches and avenues and and ways and things to experience within geocaching than just finding your traditional cache signing the log logging online i mean stuff we'll get into later and in covering maybe you're more of an earth cache style cacher or maybe you like puzzle caches or maybe finding geocaches isn't even really your thing as much as it is creating them making them and hiding them and there are a lot of people out there that that's their main focus and things that they like to do so i just want to take the time now to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for checking out the podcast giving it a list hopefully in the next little bit of this first part of this series you'll really gain something from it like the next episode that i'm going to do is going through step by step and walking you through the app of geocaching.com the standard one from geocaching.com the free one in the store the download and going through some of the features and things like that and what it does and brief explanations of it because i think that's mainly where most people start out geocaching they start out using that app i personally don't use that app when i'm out geocaching I prefer to use Cashly. That's something else that I'll get into in explaining if you don't use that. But it does have a $4.99 purchase price, one time only. Every other update is free on it, and it's it's iOS only. It's not on Android. But you might choose to end up going and using the CGO app for Android. That's a whole nother story there, getting a little off topic. But the next episode that I'm going to do is on the geocaching.com app and in there there'll be some other more brief uh, explanations and tutorials of the features such as favorite points and premium membership and what it means and what that entails so uh, even if you don't use that app don't just skip it give it a listen thank you so much for tuning in and giving a listen my intent with this podcast is to bring you the best in quality of geocaching content and i need your help to do that I can be reached at thisisgeocaching at gmail.com. Drop me a line with your tips, tricks, suggestions, future podcast episode ideas, or general feedback on what you like, don't like, or would like to see change in the podcast in the future. I am your host, Lost Boy Rambler, and this is Geocaching.